I think that is to dunk someone, but oh. that's not getting dunked on. Oh, I thought that was like dunking on someone, like, oh, I dunked on you. So <laughs> On top of you, because you're on them while you're dunking. So you were afraid that I was going to do that to you? Yeah. On the podcast? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know of a dunk in basketball terms? It's when the ball goes in and you jump up and do it like from really high, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's when the ball goes in and you jump up and do it from very high. Yeah. A slam dunk? That's when you like put it in really hard. Yeah, that, that's a dunk. Okay. And when we were talking the other day about putting someone on a poster, you were scared of it happening to you, mm -hmm. but you didn't know what it meant. You thought you'd be put down in a pool. And what did you think the poster part meant? Um, you'd put like... An embarrassing photo on a poster. <laughs> That's actually kind of true. Yeah. So to dunk on someone comes from basketball. Oh. To dunk on them, like they were trying to stop you and they were futile in their efforts. So you dunked on them. Oh, okay. You also thought that it might mean putting someone into the hoop. Yeah. Yeah, people don't go into the hoop very often at all. Okay. <laughs> have you have you watched much basketball in your life? Not really. Okay. I think the most basketball I watched was in high school when we had a basketball tournament at our school. Right. And there was probably wasn't much dunking on people there. No. And also it was more of like a social thing. Yeah. Because I was sitting with my friends and we were doing a lot of chatting. So I feel like I wasn't fully immersed in the game. But now when we were talking about, uh, when I was talking about dunking on uh -huh. you, it wasn't a uh, basketball to dunk on someone who's like taken on a meaning of um, to like show them up emphatically. Like if I make a point and then I'm extra mean about it right. and like show you that you were not as good at something or like in an argument or anything like uh -huh. that, then I'm also dunking on you. Ah, uh, so many meanings. Yeah. <laughs> or to be pushed down in the pool. That's to dunk someone, not to dunk on them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna drown you. Okay, thanks. The the dunking on you was like, oh, that movie, The Holiday, that was junk. That oh. would be my dunking on. Oh, you. okay, okay. You're not gonna drown at all. Okay, good. <laughs> all good. Right. I'm well, glad we got that understanding. <laughs> You're not gonna drown me. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> you will not get drowned in this kitchen. Perfect. Well, uh, that brings us to the beginning of yet another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. I am your host, who's always dunking on people. <laughs> I'm Indy Sean Kemp Randawa. And with me is my lovely co-host, who's always getting dunked on, Samantha Sean Bradley Randawa. I assume these are basketball players. <laughs> Sean Bradley was like seven foot six, but notoriously not the greatest at defense. Huh. So people would like dunk on him because then you're dunking on like a seven foot six guy. Right. So then it's that's pretty. But impressive. also he was a very like a thin guy. And Sean Kemp, oh Sean Kemp could throw down back Whoa. in the day. Okay. Also, my references are very dated. I should have <laughs> updated them. And I was going to update him, like, oh, who is it now? Vince Carter? Like, oh, no, Vince Carter's like 45. I need a newer one yet. I've seen a Kemp ja Morant. jersey. Well, we were uh, we were looking for them in Seattle. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's why I know that. I was a big Sean Kemp name. fan back right. in the day. Okay. Yeah. You'll get some new ones for like 50 episodes from now. 
No. <laughs> Speaking of not updating my references, let's talk about a bunch of old movies I like. Yay! <laughs> so today, it's a very special episode of I Love This, You Should Too. Why is that, Samantha? Um, Because it's our 250th episode. Oh, shit. Yeah, it is. You know what? I kind of forgot. <laughs> That's a lot. We've done this a lot. Wow. And we've done it in many different places. Yes. I was thinking about that yesterday when I was procrastinating on picking categories and stuff. I was like, we did it when we were living in a hotel. That one, Yeah, when our uh, condo flooded. We did it at Folk Fest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did it at our condo. Mm-hmm. We've done it in our house. And when we first started off, <clears throat> we had we only have four rooms in that condo, but yeah. we recorded in all of them. Yeah, we did. Our first episodes, we were sitting on the ground and we had lav mics clipped to wine glasses. Yeah. We were just trying to figure things out. Yeah. I was oh. trying trying anything, seeing what would work. Those, Those actually sounded pretty good, I got to say. Did they? Yeah, they sounded yeah. fine. Those crazy kids. Those crazy kids. And here we are, 250 episodes later and over 15 fans later. Woohoo! <laughs> I think there's like 15 people out there that listen to this. I think so. I think it's Galen, Kim, every now and then one of your parents. Yeah. Mom and Eric. <laughs> End of list. End of list. Oh, best answer ever, Maria. Oh, I, I wonder if she still does. Hmm. You know what? I don't know. A few of my work friends, like Andrew, I think, listens every now and hmm. then. And Sebastian, he listens. I met him through you, but I think he listens all the time. Yeah, actually. Huh. Thanks. Um, oh, and my family in Chelan, Washington. Oh, and somebody in Oregon really started listening. Yeah, thanks to their new fan (laughs) in Oregon. Oregon. (laughs) Thank you to Oregon. (laughs) We'll do Goonies in your honor. That was the only movie in Oregon I could think of. Oh, yeah. Gravity Falls, the TV show. I talked about that. Oh, okay. Uh, But we're not going to just sit and uh, thank every one of our 15 fans. We are going to give out awards for movies that we've covered in the last 50 episodes. We kind of do this podcast in 50 episode seasons, and we're going into season five. Which is wild. Yeah. I, like, don't often tell people how many episodes we have, but whenever I bring it up, they're like, you have that many episodes? I'm like, yeah, I guess we do. We haven't taken a week off since we started. No. We've never missed a week. So constant. Until now. I think we're going to start missing weeks. Are we? I, we kind of save it usually at the end of what's next? What's right. going forward? I think what we're going to do is still do a weekly episode, but maybe one out of every five do a rebroadcast. Yeah. Because now I'm trying to get back into writing more. We got stuff going on. And he's got things on the burners. And uh, also we have no sponsorship anymore, so we don't get any money. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know what? Weekly episodes is, is a lot. Yeah. But we're still going to continue making this podcast. Four new episodes, then one old one. I think that might be the formula going forward. So we're talking about the last 50 movies. Do you want to run through all of the movies that we've done? Yes, absolutely. So we started our season with RRR and Megan. And then we did Ex Machina because Megan was such a good robot movie. Uh, Then we did Babe and Porco Rosso. 
Um, we did John Wick and Old Boy. We did Anne of Green Gables, The Changeling, The Parent Trap, and The Talented Mr. Ripley. Um, we did Moana, Song of the Sea, Mean Girls, Billy Madison, Interview with the Vampire, The Witch, The Sound of Music, Cabaret, The Holiday, Tokyo Godfathers, Barbie, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's a pretty solid variety, but less of a wide variety than we usually do yeah i think the themes kind of reined us in and we didn't do quite as many like out there movies yeah i wasn't doing my film school nearly as much Mm -hmm. and that being said there were hardly any super old movies yeah i didn't do anything from the 30s 40s or 50s wow so you know what's coming next year for you yeah so do we want to get into the hardcore statistics of it all yes everyone loves statistics i love when you break it down into numbers So one thing that's usually a big disparity between us is our release years. Usually mine averages around 1980 and yours averages around 2010. Mm -hmm. Every season we've had about a 30-year gap between us. Very different this year because my average release year was 1999. Oh. And yours was 2002. Wow. Okay. Only three years difference. That's very different from our past years. The average budget of movies I suggested was $15.5 million. Mm-hmm. And do you want to guess what yours would be then? 60. Pretty close, 52. Oh, okay. So much higher than mine. And likewise, in box office, mine made an average of $59 million. What do you think yours was? $100 million. $325 million. Oh, I got to dream bigger. Because you had some of those huge smash hits like Barbie, Moana, Babe, Interview with a Vampire. Even your things like The Holiday and Megan made a lot of money. And then I had some smaller box office ones like Tokyo Godfathers, Old Boy, The Changeling, Song of the Sea. None of those were terribly successful. But they had lower budgets because I think of the budgets, probably The eight lowest budgets were all movies that I had chosen, and the highest ones were yours, with Moana being the highest budget at $175 million. Really? Tokyo Godfathers at $2 million on the low end. Whoa, okay. I assumed Barbie would be the biggest budget. It was next at $145 million. Okay. Followed by The Holiday. How does what? the holiday cost eight times more than Ninja Turtles or Megan or... Than Megan, especially. Billy Madison like... or Porco Rosso. Wow. Ten huh. times more than The Sound of Music. What did they spend all that money on? People. People. They spent it on people. Turtlenecks. And location. Fake tears. Fake tears. <laughs> Their tear budget was insane. It was a million dollars on its own. And for country of origin, most of the movies we chose were American and in the English language. But this year, only about half of mine were because I also had stuff from Canada. Well, we both did when we did our CanCon month. Yes, yeah. I had an Indian one, an Irish, couple Japanese, Korean, and... English. All, all American. English. <laughs> I meant English in the sense of uh, one of my movies was from the UK. Oh, okay. From England. Mine are all American or Canadian. Yes. Yeah. And then for the ratings of ours, we were very close this year. Huh. 
by Rotten Tomatoes score. Do you want to guess your average? It's out of 100. 60. 82.6. Whoa, okay. What do you think mine was of movies I chose? 90. 82.2. Whoa. Yours rated higher. Were we ever that close before? No, it's usually drastic. That's what I thought. But the biggest thing was that the two lowest scores were movies that I picked in Billy Madison and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Interesting. Ninja Turtles, 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I inputted that one. That's and madness. I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked by that. That it's lower than The Holiday? Mm-hmm. Also, things like Old Boy were not nearly as high as I would expect. Sometimes your deeper cuts aren't rated as high as... They should be. They should be. Yeah. <laughs> Song of the Sea was the highest rated one on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, what was Song of the Sea rated at? 99. Nice. One bad reviewer out there. <sighs> Looking at you, guy. And then with IMDb, it was similarly close. What do you think our your rating was on that? 7.5. 7.2. Oh, I was very close there. <laughs> what about for movies I chose? Nine. 8.1. Okay. Again, it was brought down by uh, Billy Madison at a six. And do you know what's tied for it for the lowest IMDb score? Ninja Turtles. Talented Mr. Ripley. Really? Yeah, just a six on that. Rated a little lower than movies like Megan and Parent Trap, which is uh, shocking to me. I really think Talented Mr. Ripley is, is good. That's... Very big surprise to me. And the highest rated was your choice of Anne of Green Gables. It's a classic. Followed by Old Boy and Song of the Sea. Yeah. This brings us to one of my favorite parts. What do you think you rated movies that you chose out of 10? Uh, as an average? As an average. Um, Six. 7.5. Okay. You didn't pick a lot of junk movies this year. I'm, I'm getting better. But the junk movies are a lot of fun. They are, yeah. <laughs> like we had fun talking about the holiday. So you rated your own at 7.5. What do you think you rated movies I chose? 8? 8.2. Okay. So like every year, you've rated mine higher than yeah. yours, but much closer this year than yeah, any other year. Yeah, actually. Maybe in season five, I'll get the hang of it. <laughs> Your highest rated movies were Anne of Green Gables, RRR, and Barbie. Mm-hmm. While your lowest were your two choices of The Holiday and Interview with a Vampire. Interesting. Then what do you think I rated your movies at? Five. 6.6. Okay, that's higher than I thought it was going to be. Much higher. What do you think I rated my own at? Nine. <laughs> Pretty much, 8.7. Okay, well, there we go. My highest rated movies were all of mine. (laughs) So RRR and The Witch. And then at seven movies before one of yours infiltrates there with Barbie and Moana. Okay. Because, you know, both of those pretty solid movies. Great movies. And my lowest rated movie this year was The Holiday. Yeah. And no surprise there. Same. (laughs) Should we get into the fun part with some awards goofy awards that we're giving out to movies from the season i do love the award show portion of this so let's go which category would you like to start with should we start with best animal friend we usually start with that one why don't you hit us up what was your best animal friend of season four so my nominees were the tiger in rrr oh good call good call um the seals in song of the sea right 
Uh, hey, hey, in Moana. Mm-hmm. Um, and Daisy, the dog from John Wick. Oh. And our winner is Daisy, the dog from John Wick. Really? With very limited screen time. But you really felt the connection there. Sure. Yeah. Interesting that Hey Hey made it. I'm not a Hey Hey fan. I think I'm not either, but Hey Hey was there with Moana. I think the pig, Pooh? Pua. Pua was a better animal companion. I'm not a big Hey Hey fan. Just Pua wasn't really in the movie as much. That's very true. So I but felt... then again, Daisy, not in the movie very much. True. Very true. So my nominees, I thought about putting Megan in there because she's not human. Okay, so I had a couple of thoughts about that too. But then, because she's everything you'd want to have in a friend. It's but true. then eventually turns evil and tries to, you know, kill. But for you, so that's good. Then becomes everything you don't want in a friend. Um, I also thought about the giant penguin from Billy Madison. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm shocked that your winner wasn't Babe. True, true. So Babe was a nominee for me, and also Koo from Song of the Sea. Oh, yeah. Because, man, I love that dog. That dog was so cute. But my winner, because my six-year-old self wouldn't handle if I didn't choose this, the Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Of course, collectively. If I had to choose one, you know, Raphael's my boy. Yeah. Cool, but rude. Oh, and that was the Waddles Memorial Award for Best Animal. Waddles isn't dead. Yeah, but it's still in his honor. Okay. Well, then, should we do... The companion piece, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants Memorial Award for Best Human Friend. Sure. Who you got? My nominees were Fio from Porco Rosso. Uh-huh. Fio is, is such a good companion. Super cool. Doing whatever it takes. What yeah. a good friend. Uh, Diana from uh-huh. Anne of Green Gables. Not because I like her, but because she's a total millhouse and she is... That sidekick she's that kind of down made. for anything. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't take up a lot of space in a friendship. You're yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. Just bring Diana on over, and also Moana. I think I'd be good friends with Moana. I, I think she'd be fun to have as a friend. But my winner has to be the greatest friend of all, Beam from RRR, because if you are stranded in a jail cell underground in British territory. Mm -hmm. He's going to break you out. If you can't walk, he's putting you on his back. He's doing whatever it takes for his friends. So true. Beam, the ultimate best friend. Well, that is very convenient because I had both Rum and Beam on my best friend list because they are very much people who would be very handy to have as friends. Um. I had uh, Farmer Hoggett from Babe, because he seems like he's going to always be there for you, and he's going to help you out. Um, I had Karen from Mean Girls, because she seems like she'd just be fun. Which one's Karen again? She's uh, Amanda Seyfried. Oh, okay, okay. 90% chance it's already raining. The, she's the nicest one of the yes. Mean Girls. And she seems like she'd be like really funny to sure. be around, so I feel like Karen would be really good. But my award goes to Matthew from Anne of Green Gables. Oh, really? Yeah. You're just like quietly there working in the background. He's too sad for me. Oh. His existence brings me down. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Who did you hate that wasn't a villain? Ah, yes. The Kate Hudson Memorial Award. (laughs) Because there's a lot of hateable characters that should be hated. And then there's some hateable characters that I think they wanted you to like and it just doesn't work. Yeah. 
Do you want to kick us off? Absolutely. So I only had two for this category. I had Jack Black in The Holiday. Uh-huh. Um, because he's supposed to be a romantic lead. And uh, he does not come across that way. And then I also had Lestat in Interview with the Vampire, who took away the award for this. Oh, you went with Lestat. Yeah, he was just like supposed to be like one of the people you cheer for. And I had a really hard time cheering for him because he was just so all over the place. Oh, so I didn't even consider him because I consider him the villain of that movie. Oh. Isn't he the bad guy of the movie? I don't know. I thought Armand was the bad guy of that movie. No. Oh, I have a very different reading. I don't know how we didn't talk about this on the Interview the Vampire episode. Lestat's the villain. I think. Okay. Armand is just like a vampire and he's like the duality of what it is to be a vampire. But we're not going to get into that. Um, (laughs) My nominees were Mercy from The Witch, that kid. Oh, yeah. She's so bad. She's so So bad. So naughty. Janice and Damien from Mean Girls, because you're supposed to be on their side, but when you look at it, they're as bad as the Mean Girls. True. And then we debated in that episode of, should they be liked? Are they likable characters, and was that even the intent for them? So I was unclear. That dancing vampire in in Truth of Vampire, so annoying. Doing a stupid, shitty mind business. Yes. Ugh, hated it. I also have Anne. From Anne of Green Gables. Really? She, we talked about it then. She annoyed me because I think she's very similar to me and I don't like myself. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a two horse race between Cameron Diaz in The Holiday, but my winner, of course, is Jack Black in The Holiday. Fair. Because what it came down to is who was it that every time they were on screen, I just couldn't wait for them to be off. Off screen? (laughs) And... Also, it has the biggest disparity of what we're supposed to think of them. True. Because with those vampires, you're like, yeah, they're bad or whatever. But he is supposed to be a romantic lead capable of winning over Kate Winslet. Yes. And he was insufferable. He was oh my so, God, like, it made me feel uncomfortable to yeah. watch him on screen. Of all of the violence or horror and anything we've seen in any of the movies, the most uncomfortable moment I had was Jack Black doing his silly film scores bit yes when they're at the video rental studio terrible awful well let's go to one of my favorite categories the magneto award for a villain who is actually right we were talking about it before and you were like oh i don't know what to go with and i was like how about this one how about this one how about this one because apparently i just identify with the villains apparently so who did you end up going with so you suggested some really good ones including shredder who was just trying to run an at-risk youth program so that's we can go through them a little bit together yeah. because that was one of my nominees and he's doing the same thing as splinter except his kids do steal, yeah. but it is to fund their He was trying own... to make it profitable, which is something that non-for-profits lack. You, you got to do it in one yeah. way. If he didn't have a mouse chained up, then he, he would be on this side True. of good. Um, I had Bradley Whitford in... Uh, Billy Madison. Billy Madison. and Because his biggest thing was don't give the company to this idiot, which is a good idea. Yeah, this Bradley rich Whitford child. <laughs> did deserve that job. He He'd did. been working with the company the whole time and didn't want to see it to go to some, some idiot. The way he went about it, a little questionable. In the end, but if they had just given him the company. It would have been fine, yeah. If they had made him CEO. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, 
I had Ken. Yes, yeah. Um, because he just wanted to try patriarchy. And yes, he got swept up in it, but who hasn't gotten swept up in a new trend? <laughs> yeah. It was he was someone who had no agency of his own his yeah. entire life, his entire possibly immortal life. So yeah. maybe 60, 70 years, who knows? And then he got a taste of it and he liked it. So you can't blame him too much. Because he no. didn't know. He didn't know all the downsides. And he also, like Shredder, was just trying to like improve the life for a group of people yeah um but i ended up giving it to taka from moana who was just trying to get her stolen property back agreed so yeah. she could live her life yeah moana's mom who was turned into an island and then had her heart taken away it's not moana's mom but i think anyway. it was i'm pretty sure you can go back and listen to that episode i'm pretty sure it's moana's mom <laughs> did you have anybody uh else Yes. I also had an honorable mention for the old man in The Changeling because he didn't ask to be a changeling. True. He was just some old man who just now realizes his life was a lie. Yeah. But in the end, I had a two-horse race between Ava from Ex Machina, Uh kind of the villain of that movie if you are following Donald Gleason's storyline. Right. But she just wanted a life for herself. She wanted more. Like Ken fair yeah but my winner somehow the villain who i agreed with was the devil black (laughs) philip in the witch because if we don't have the associations of what the devil is being um you know uh evil yeah yeah black philip was offering her a way out of her hardships of course who would not want to live deliciously i do and he was giving you that option. Very much so, yeah. So Black Phillip is my winner of the Magneto Award. I feel like Shredder, Ken, and Black Phillip have a lot in common. <laughs> I think Ken's more of an Ava. Just wanted something for himself and didn't really look at who he was stepping on to get there. True. Okay. We'll take Ken out of that category and put him in with Ava. <laughs> so our next award is Best Look. Ah, yes, the Eliza Doolittle Memorial Award. And this one, we had some really good um, kind of runner-ups for this one for me. Interview with the Vampire, Song of the Sea, Moana, and RRR. Um, But I have to give it to Barbie because that was just like some of the best costuming I've seen in a movie in a while. How how could you disagree? And it's all based on historical Barbies. And so, like, I just really appreciated the little touches that they put in just to make it look that much cooler on screen. I have, of course, Barbie as one of my nominees. Uh-huh. Meredith, played by Kate Blanchett in Mr. Ripley. Yeah. She has great outfits throughout. Gina in Porco Rosso. Oh, she yeah. She has great outfits. John Wick has kind of... Brought his uh, Neo look into a new generation of cool dark suits and long hair and being kind of sullen, but like, oh, he's cool. Look at that beard. Like grumbly voice. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good look. But my winner has to be Rom from RRR. True. Whether it is that sweet mustache and uniform when he is undercover as a British agent. He does look sharp. Or when he is taking on the look of the god Rama and wearing his orange kind of um, outfit with the long hair and beard and his 
bow and arrow. Oh, yeah. So many good looks. Yes. And plus, super jacked dude, looking good, being shirtless, punching through a punching bag. Absolutely. Rum is my look of the year. Awesome. So many of our movies have uh, romantic stories in them in one way or another. So yes. let's go into our Best Couple and Worst Couple Awards. You know what? I don't have a, a name for the Best Couple Award. Maybe somebody who wins it in this one. The Indian Samantha Award. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So let's go to the Indian Samantha Memorial Award for Best Couple. Who are your nominees? Um, I had Ram and Beam from RRR. Yeah. Uh, because together they are great. I will spoil it now. I have them as a nominee as well. I didn't put them as the winner because I wanted a romantic couple for the winner. True. But the best friendship, you you can't beat No, it. absolutely not. And I think that they, when they get together and combine their powers, they're unstoppable. Literally. Literally unstoppable. Um, I had John and his dog, Daisy, from John Wick. <laughs> okay. And as my winner, I had Max and Fräulein Landauer from Cabaret. Interesting. Huh. I, I, I like it, but it was such a, a a fraught relationship. But yeah, you know what? Those two kids, I hope they make it. <laughs> they don't make it. Mm. Fucking Nazis. Ruining everything. I choose not to think about that. <laughs> I just thought their wedding was beautiful. They got together. They accepted parts of themselves that they were hiding and um, fell in love. That's a, that's a good pick. Yeah. I kind of glossed over Cabaret for this category because I think of... Liza? Yeah. And I was like, well, they're not the best couple. They are, uh, no, and I, they came to my brain and then I was like, who else is in that movie? And then... I thought, Max. Good pick. Good yeah. pick. Yeah. What about you? Uh, my other nominees were Chris Farley and that penguin in Billy Madison, <laughs> as well as Juanita and Steve Buscemi's character in that movie as well. Oh, yeah. Do you remember how they get together in the end? I also had for a non-romantic, the two Lindsay Lohans, because they were such a fun pair. In they were the such trap. a fun pair. Yeah, absolutely. But my winner, I am going with a romantic couple, and it is a couple who is much like in Cabaret, they are pulled apart by war and disfigurement even. But in the end, they are brought together by love. And that is Gina and Porco Rosso oh, in Porco Rosso. Nice. Because you kind of forget that that movie has this really strong love story at its heart too. Right. And that's kind of where the movie ends. And I like to think the savior of Porco as well. Oh, and he just nice. lives that quiet life with Gina. Of course, that movie, very open to interpretation at the end. I think we're kind of spoiling a few things, but <laughs> not really. But go watch that and listen to that episode. Absolutely. That was a good one. Well, then that brings us to the flip side. The Rhett and Scarlet Memorial Award for Worst Couple. I had some nominees for non-romantic. Oh, actually, all of mine are romantic in this. Oh. In one way or another. Uh, the brother and sister, who I thought were a couple for most of the part movie of Anne of Green Gables. Oh, Matthew yeah. and... Marilla. Marilla. Um, that was a weird, weird pairing. Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, Lestat and Louis uh-huh. in Interview with a Vampire. Yeah. I, I do consider them a romantic couple, but man, they were annoying together. I'll spoil mine and say that, yeah, I also had them in as worst couple. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and Liz in The Parent Trap. Oh. Uh-huh. We just 
assume that they fall in love, but they don't show that on screen. They don't have any on-screen chemistry. It was, yeah, I didn't like it. Oh, okay. Desu and Mido in Old Boy. And the reason they are in this, uh, watch the movie and you'll yeah. see. I don't want to spoil that one. <sighs> but in the end, again, as with so many of my worst categories, it was a two-horse race between both couples in The Holiday. <laughs> and my winner has to be Jack Black and Kate Winslet. Why are they together? I don't know. Kate Winslet had more on-screen chemistry with Eli Wallach in that movie than she did with Jack Black. <laughs> I don't know why she would want to be with that man. The movie never convinced me of uh, any good reason. It was very annoying when they were on screen. <laughs> Um, well, I have to agree with you because I gave my award to them as well. Um, my other nominees were Nick and Meredith from The Parent Trap. That was Natasha Richardson's? Oh, no, that no, was the first one. The um, the one that they break up. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Lestat and Louie. Right. So our next category is Best Props. Ooh, Best Prop. Props or Singular Prop? Oh, I did props. Oh, like a movie with the best props. Yeah. Oh, I went with a single prop. Okay, well, let's see how we differed here. <laughs> we'll call this the uh, the lightsaber award. Perfect. Um, so first up, obviously, I had Barbie because of all of the Barbie accessories that they chose to include, including a special mention to the Barbie convertible and all of the modes of transportation that they took to the real world. Um I said cabaret for all of the things in Sally's rooms. Um, mean Girls for all of the 2000s fashion of like the little tiny purses and like everything that they included in that. Um, but I had to give it to Interview with the Vampire for just all of the set dressing in those extremely flammable apartments. Oh, those flammable kerosene curtains. Yes, so many curtains on fire in that movie. Everything just went up in flames. Oh. What about you? What was your best individual props? So I had the Selkie coat. Oh, yeah. That was From cool. Song of the Sea. The Burn Book. Oh, true. From Mean Classic. Girls. Iconic. Iconic. Barbie's Dream Car. Yes. Based on my second favorite car ever made. Oh. But my winner... Because my uh, childhood self could not pick anything else. Raphael's sigh from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I, I did think about their stuff. When he leaves it there and April picks it up and puts it into her bag. Yep. As a kid, I was just like, oh, man, I want that prop so much. Like the weight of it in yeah. her hand, it just looked so satisfying. I don't get why it's not sharp. Oh, I guess because it's a kid's movie and they couldn't stab people yeah. in it. That's why Leonardo uses his swords to club people rather than cut anyone. But other than being dull, man, that sigh looked so cool. Absolutely. Damn, we still have a bunch of categories. Let's get moving. We this do. is long. We should have cut some of them out. Let's go on to, oh, here's a silly one. How about the Scene Stealer Award, which I don't have a person to name that after yet either. Someone who has not much time on screen but manages to capture your eye and your heart. Yeah. Um, who do you have, Indy? Honorable mentions to all of the kids in Billy Madison. Oh, yes. They Kate, did all the work. Kate Blanchett in The Talented Mr. Ripley. Not a lot of screen time, but she was always compelling. Yeah. Was on that one kid who was playing the trumpet in The Parent Trap. 
always had like just one funny line yeah. or playing the trumpet. But I am going to give it to Kirsten Dunst in Interview with the Vampire. Oh, in she a movie was a with scene stealer. A lot of flat performances. She really brought a lot of life into it. She really did. And especially at such a young age, best performance of that movie and the scene stealer for me. Okay. Well, I also had the kid playing the trumpet because that kid acted in some of the most insane circumstances all by themselves and um, just really set the scene for what the camp was going through that day, whether it was weather or um, just any kind of uh, problem. Um, Simu Liu in Barbie, he didn't have a lot of lines, but he did such a good job of antagonizing Ryan Gosling that I had to give him, um, a mention. And I had to give it to Alan from Barbie because he had a few lines here and there, but you just always gave him a little laugh because he was just funny. Good pick. There wasn't a time where he delivered a line where I didn't laugh. I feel. No. Like he was like 100%. And Not he, many lines, but all good. I also appreciated him because he was the only one who really saw what was going on in Barbie land. Right. Um, and he was just like, guys, come on. Like, why are we doing this? So I had to give it to Alan because he was uh, just like pretty solid in all of his scenes. So our next category is Most Delicious Food. Ah, uh, yes. The Be Our Guest Award. <laughs> that scene in Beauty and the Beast oh, looks so delicious. Even try, the gray stuff. I want to try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Um, so I had the pizza in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's also an honorable mention for me. Which was one of the only things that I really knew about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's not as good as the cartoon pizza. That mm. cartoon pizza looks so good. Um, I had to say the pink lemonade and sound of music. It just looked very crisp and refreshing. And I remember even as a child thinking like, I want to drink that. That looks good. But I had to give it to the duck a l'orange and the Christmas dinner in Babe. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Good pick. It looks just beautiful. It looks like it's right out of like a food magazine. And it was one of Babe's friends, right? No, it wasn't. Wasn't it? No. Oh. Well, I went with um, the Ninja Turtle pizza, of course. Uh -huh. That wine that Diana gets hammered on. Oh, yeah. That, I bet that would be really good. Because it was like something sweet that a child thought was just juice. So it seems like something I would like. It was... Raspberry black... cordial? No, it was supposed to be raspberry cordial. Right. It was blackcurrant wine. So if you can't tell the difference, then it's probably pretty, pretty good. Yeah, exactly. But I am going with right before some of the worst food when Desu eats that octopus alive in Old Boy. There's some delicious looking sushi out there too. Yeah. Mido works at that sushi place. True. I so forgot about the sushi. That because you get distracted by that octopus real yes. quick. Yes. Yeah. It was kind of too gross for me to think about the food in it. But I agree. Here's another dumb category. I don't know where this one came from, but this is the Christina Aguilera Memorial Award for who would you least want to be haunted by <laughs> as a ghost? Um, Yeah, this one's always fun. <laughs> who you got? I have Anne of Green Gables because she wouldn't stop talking. So that would oh, be a lot. Oh, yeah, that would be. Maria and the Sound of Music is kind of the similar. True. They're not bad. So they can't be the winners. Jack Black from The Holiday. Again, just, just constant noise. Yeah. But none of those ones are so terrible. There's 
any sobbing female lead from a Nancy Myers movie. <laughs> she loves to have these sequences where a woman sobs loudly and it's supposed to be funny. Yeah. Or endearing? I guess. But my winner is uh, Billy Madison. Oh. All of the voices. He talks too loud. Constant He's doing talking silly well. voices. It would be just too much for me. I guess I should have picked someone who's an actual villain. Yeah. That would be worse, but I'm more worried about being annoyed by their constant talking. So yeah. I went with Billy Madison. Okay. Well, I had Black Philip from The Witch because you don't want to be haunted by the literal devil. I get that makes a lot of sense. Um, the rooster or the chicken from Babe. Oh, the bully? Uh the Oh the dog's a bully. The dog's a bully. The one who keeps going on the roof and crowing. Right. Uh oh no, he's a duck. It's Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you're more just worried about being woken up early. Yeah, and because he does it like all the time. So right. it's just not handy to have as a ghost. Um, but I had to give it to Hey Hey and Moana because he'd always be bumping into stuff and like just like flailing around. It would be so annoying. I like that we both picked just whatever would annoy us most. Yes. Not actual fear of any sort. No, I, I mean, other than the devil, I just think Hey Hey would be the most annoying to have mm. around you all the time. So our next award is the Biggest Surprise Award. Oh, the Sixth Sense Award. Yes. Um, so for my honorable mentions, I had the talented Mr. Ripley because I was just shocked at the um, complexity of the story and the murder. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> There's a murder. Um, RRR, because I was just so enthralled with the depth and how full the story this of this movie was but i had to give it to the witch um because i was pretty convinced at the beginning that the devil wasn't actually there and it was just persecution of women and in the end still who knows exactly well we think we know yeah listen to that episode so i went with the twists of old boy uh-huh because yeah that was there. that was a whole thing the fact that we watched them back to back and i liked song of the sea better than moana whoa which is crazy because Moana is pretty great. Moana is awesome. It is. That Liza Minnelli was a goddamn star. <laughs> I've grown up in a world where she is more of a joke because yeah. of uh, because of our age, right? Absolutely. We didn't get to see the height of Liza Minnelli. And then watching Cabaret, you're like, oh, shit, she was great. Yeah. We saw great. her as more of a caricature of like zany people. And I did not know that she was that talented. The fact that Ninja Turtles is good, I was shocked by that. So pleasantly surprised that that good. movie holds up. It was great. Loved it. But my biggest surprise was that my favorite coming of age story that we watched this season was The Witch. <laughs> <laughs> that was my big takeaway was that this is a beautiful coming of age story. Oh, nice. And also, you know, the devil. Oh, the witch takes it. Sweep. Sweep. What is your most rewatchable movie? So I had two runners up here. I had RRR because I feel like every time we watch it, I see different things in it. And there's just so much, like I said, the depth of this movie and how much is going on in it. That was my second place as well. And then even if you don't want to watch it all because it's a long movie, you can just watch a scene here and there. And it's, it's great for that. And also the way that they've split it up into like books, you kind of can just watch one portion of it watch it like a series yeah um so i definitely thought rrr was a great one um sound of music 
was my other runner up because I have watched this a lot. Um, and it's always very heartwarming and nice. Um, but my winner was Barbie because it's rare for a movie to elicit the same emotions every single time you watch it. But uh, this one works for me and I have to give it to Barbie as my most rewatchable movie. What about you? Along with RRR, a nominee was Billy Madison. I love the mm-hmm. silliness of it. You can just throw it on. You don't need to pay attention. Sure. It's just silly jokes. But I'm going with Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it's the movie of all the movies we've had on here that I have seen the most. Right. Of course, none of those watches had been in the last 30 years. But now, you know what? It's going to make its way back into the rotation. Awesome. Great. Love Ninja Turtles. Next, we have both best and worst performances. Maybe we should start with worst performance with the Jimmy Fallon Memorial Award. <laughs> For worst performance in a feature film. Okay. My nominees were Cameron Diaz in The Holiday. Same. <laughs> I don't know what she was going for. I think it's mostly the script was the problem there, but yeah. she is not likable. She's doing this weird thing where she's always trying to cry. And then when she does cry, we're supposed to automatically like her. Yeah. Get it. I had her as well. And it was just a very perplexing performance from her. Next, Jack Black from The Holiday. Same. (laughs) So annoying, but I couldn't give it to him because I put him as the worst in like three categories already. So I needed to switch it up. He can't just sweep everything. No. And it's not just the performance. It's it's the writing. A lot of it is the writing. So for my worst performance, I have to give it to someone who is good. Someone who I know is good. And then was terrible in this movie. And that is a Brad Pitt in Interview with the <laughs> Vampire. Brad Pitt was someone who I would often say like, oh, he's never done a bad movie. And now, of course, later in his career, he has. But he's been good in, I would say, just about everything. And in Interview with the Vampire, he looked disinterested. He, he really looked did. bored. He looked confused. He, he brought nothing into his Something like 90 minutes of screen time he has he was in that so movie. so flat. So flat. So flat. So Brad Pitt. Okay. Well, I gave mine to an interview with the vampire person as well. I gave it to Santiago, who is the weird mime vampire. The dancey one, sure. Because I just could not understand why that was in the movie. Because he's best friends with the director. Oh. He's in every one of his movies. That makes more sense. Yeah. But I was just like, this is dumb. It doesn't further the plot at all. And I just hated it. I hated it too. (laughs) Hate it. (laughs) So then let's go to the flip side with the Audrey Hepburn Memorial Award for Best Performance. Okay. Who do you got? I have Gretel from The Sound of Music because she was adorable and I loved her. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Can't argue. Um, I had Lindsay Lohan playing both twins in The Parent Trap. Hmm. And I had Liza Minnelli in Cabaret because she is just amazing. Of course. But I had to give it to Thomason in The Witch. Wow. Yeah. Very layered performance and um, a very serious and big role for someone who's never been in a movie before. Yeah. To piggyback off of that, my second place, I would say. Anya Taylor-Joy as Thomason in The Witch. Absolutely. Great performance. Just a compelling screen presence. And especially at with such a difficult role and at such a young age. Just amazing. Mm -hmm. I also have an honorable mention for Matt Damon as Mr. Ripley. 
he's not doing anything very big there but i think that's some of the hardest work Mm -hmm. is in all of those little subtleties and you get a lot from him even without a much of a big performance true uh, Choi Min-sik as Desu in Old Boy. Oh. He anchored that movie. He does a lot. And this is a performance that has so many big parts in it. Yeah. But he finds the humanity within all of that. Wow. But my winner, I have to give it to Liza Minnelli in Cabaret. Uh, I'm not surprised. Not only is she just a star when she's singing, and she's the most captivating screen presence when she's on stage, but it's her extra little stuff. This innocent yet somehow manipulative character that she has made. Chaotic. Yeah. Such a a very interesting and compelling energy she brings to that character. Jack Black, this is how you do chaotic and lovable. (laughs) I don't don't want to see Jack Black doing Eliza. No, but I think (laughs) she managed to do both things that he was trying in this movie. I don't know what he was trying to do. He was miscast. He was misacting. There's... But... Misdirected. Yeah, that movie was a a wreck. But Eliza, great. Loved her. So our final two categories, much like the... Uh, Academy Awards. We are going to go with worst film and then best film. So for worst film, who you got, Indy? For the Bride Wars Memorial Award. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I have the nominees of The Parent Trap. Not a bad movie, but uh-huh. bad second half of a movie. If it needed to be more of the kids, the relationship stuff was uh, tacked on and not well developed and boring. Yeah. Interview with a Vampire. Didn't love it. Hmm. Not bad, not good, too long, drags a lot, but usually I rely on you to bring a bunch of junk movies. Yeah. You didn't this year. No. But you did bring one junk movie. I did. And that movie was The Holiday. We've talked about it enough. Uh, This, unfortunately, this awards show has been kind of commandeered by The Holiday because we have worst sections and it is winning a lot of them. So I'm giving it to The Holiday. I don't need to see anything more. (laughs) So I also felt the same as you in the worst film category, Interview with the Vampire. I was expecting to still love it. I really wanted this childhood memory to be just as good as I thought it was. Um, And so I gave it a runner-up position. But I also had to give The Holiday the worst film of the season award because it was just a chaotic mess. And we talk so much about why it's bad, but one thing that is really unforgivable and they should easily remedy, it's a movie called The Holiday. Everyone watches it over Christmas and they don't show Christmas Day in this movie. No. They skip over Christmas. Yeah. That's that's so dumb. It's wild. So dumb. So dumb. So let's go to the fun side of it with the My Neighbor Totoro Award for Best Film. Samantha, what do you got? Well, I uh, took my top five highest rated movies, which were Moana at a nine, Mm -hmm. uh, Sound of Music at a nine, RRR with a 10, Anne of Green Gables with a 10, Mm -hmm. and I had to give it to Barbie, Barbie, who also got a 10. It was just a fun film. It hit all the right nostalgia notes. I laughed, I cried, I danced, I screamed, and it was the best film of the season for me. What about you, Indy? I only had two perfect tens that I gave out this year. Okay. So 
honorable mention the witch oh yes i didn't know i loved that movie so much <laughs> i knew i liked it and then when we watched it this time man that movie was it was a movie that yeah it's a disturbing horror movie but at the end i wanted to stand up and applaud i was so into that movie and indy's not someone who applauds after movies except <laughs> when it comes to my winner this year rrr oh so good it is Everything you could want in a true spectacle of film. And usually that's not the type of movie that captivates me. Usually it's a type of movie like The Witch, which is small and insular. And this is the exact opposite. Those two movies are probably the two furthest apart in all of the movies we've talked about. Very true. And those were my two favorite. RRR is just everything. It's the best action sequence I've seen in a movie in many years. It was the best musical sequence I've seen in a movie in many years. And it was just so much fun. And that is a movie where you can stand up and applaud and everyone will be applauding with you. Absolutely. And I think that was our longest episode of the season, wasn't it? Oh, probably. At 147. Ooh, that's a long one. Barbie was close with 136. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was definitely one where we really talked about a lot of different things during the episode. It was our longest movie, unless you include uh, Anne of Green Gables. But True. that was not a theatrical release. Yeah. And then we like to wrap up with a little, with a debate. Yes. Which world of the movies we've discussed would you like to live in? I think we'll both give our runners up if we have any, and then uh-huh. uh, then debate our winners. Absolutely. So for runners up, I have Moana. Uh-huh. Because why would you not want to live in Moana's world? So true. Everything's great. Animals are your friends. Uh, RRR. Because it's kind of like our world, but when colonists have to uh, pay for their crimes. But the colonists lose. (laughs) And uh, singing and dancing. Yes. Those are my runners up. Do you have any? Yeah. My runner up was Barbie. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like who wouldn't want to live in Barbie land? But there's three different versions of Barbie land. And I felt like the original Barbie land would be really great. Um, Ken, the Kendom, uh, didn't seem quite as great to be a Barbie in. And then, uh, the after where nothing really changes and the Kens still aren't given any agency. So I thought maybe I wouldn't want to live in Barbie land. I think that sounds like, um, one of those utopias that is actually a dystopia. Yeah. When you do the same thing every day and if everything is perfect, I would argue that nothing is perfect. True. So that one would be scary. So I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah. But what was your winner then? My winner was Moana. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just seems like a wonderful place to live as well as singing and dancing. A um, little bit of magic. And um, I think uh, it just would be like a wonderful family to be a part of. Hard to argue. I think with that one, my concern is what is the rest of the world doing? True. Is it like our world? But there is magic. Yeah. But that is why I went with Song of the Sea. Oh. Because Song of the Sea is essentially our world. Yes. But it is our world where good and evil are balanced. Uh-huh. And there is magic. True. And if you believe, if you are a good person, things will ultimately work out for you. And that's all I can ask for. Yeah. Is for the universe to make sense. Fair. So I've I've reached the point in my life where I'm not like... Oh, I want to live in all these great, fantastic worlds. I want to live in a world where there is some order to the universe is all. And that would be Song of the Sea. 
I think Song of the Sea would be kind of a fun word, world to live in. What we really should choose is uh, the holiday. Usually bad movies would be great worlds to live in because if Jack Black being how he is can be considered super charming. <laughs> and well, that's a good world for me as a man to live in yes. because everyone's like, oh, look at Kate Winslet. Gross. Yeah. Why? How she could never get a stud like Jack Black. So suddenly, I'm a pretty good-looking guy in this world. <laughs> you are a very good-looking guy. Well, thank you. The world disagrees with you. But that doesn't matter because only you need to believe that. But in that world, I would be pretty charming. True. And people like Kate Winslet are not considered very charming. So had I not met you in that world, I could be with Kate Winslet. True. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't argue with that. That's and fair. everyone is uh, like rich and successful. Yes, they're all rich. Even people who are not still live in mansions. Yeah, which is crazy. So that would be a good world to that live in. That would be too. a pretty good world to live in. But you have to deal with like a lot of annoying stuff and you have to wear a cream turtleneck. At least once a week. I think yeah. that's the rule. I could I could do it. You'd look good in cream. Well, I think that kind of brings us to the end. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on to our this is our fourth awards show? Yeah. Um not really. I think this is like a fun season because I feel like I really hit my stride with stuff. I think doing themes like this and less of these are my 10 favorite movies yeah. or best movies, It's uh, it's been fun. Yeah. And having them match each other, similar themes in separate movies has, yeah. been a, has been a lot of fun working that way. I think it's an easier way to work for sure. So I look forward to maybe continuing some of that next season. I think we will. Do you have any sort of themes that you would like to do in the next year? Well, some ones that didn't make it into the rotation this year, Shakespeare. Oh yeah. Um, a Disney movie that isn't Beauty and the Beast or Moana. Um, a, um, maybe a, Booze Cruise slash Dangers of Alcoholism Month, which is this something that you pitched. Because I was saying, let's do a movie that's kind of about alcohol and then get drunk while doing it. Yeah. And if we're each picking one, I thought it would be good if you do something that's like fun party time and then I do something about uh, an alcoholic like leaving Las Vegas. Or yeah, absolutely. So those are some of the... Uh, ideas that we've come up with if you have any ideas as our listeners for themes that we could use for a month uh let us know you can find us on social media and over email some things that i want to do movies that make you hungry oh yeah goodfellas i can't watch that without wanting pasta uh -huh. or chocolat that was a good one right superhero movies but like not the ones you would think yeah post-apocalyptic Cold movies, sports, metatextuality, movies about movies, a romance month. We should do Black History Month. I have a whole theme here that just says Atlanta. I could do a whole month of just about Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Vacation. Oh, yeah. Based on a book. Oh, yeah. Lots of good options. I think we should start doing colors like green, green <laughs> month. Yeah, I feel like if we can do aquatic month, then just water-based movies, we could probably do We did water-based animated movie month. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I look forward to season five. I think we've got some really cool things coming up. 
And probably what we'll do is keep these themes to four episodes on it and then re-release one of our older episodes that also kind of links into that theme. Yeah. So you're still getting an episode every week, but maybe one out of every five will be an old one. But we have 250 episodes. You, uh, good chance you never heard it before. So. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I'm still bitter that I put so much work into that Night of the Living Dead episode. Right. Nobody listened to that one. Oh. It was such a good one. Guys, Go it was so good. and listen to it. Yeah. Maybe it was bad. I don't know. I thought Jerks. it was good. Yeah. So I'm going to force them to when we do zombie month. Nice. Or black and white month. Or bottle episode. Movies that take place in one location. Oh, that's a good one. Things that would work as a play. It could it could fit into any of those. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's it for now. Join us next week when our theme will be, who knows? It is Black History Month next Oh, it month. is. Yeah. But... I have lots of things for that. You famously don't like art created by black people, though, correct? That is not true. <laughs> I'll that cut is that out absolutely you know. not true. <laughs> I would have to take a think about what I would pick for that, but uh, we will see. And uh, next week, we will reveal what our big watch for the week after will be. We'll see you then. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.